We are once again visiting small towns all across the globe to find what scary and mysterious secrets they hide. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's a small town story or something entirely different, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Before we jump into these stories, I just wanted to let you guys know that I recently started streaming over on Twitch. I may have mentioned it recently a few times, but I just wanted to mention it again to let you all know that over there I'm doing all kinds of cool horror games, horror VR, things like Folklore Hunter where we hunt down Wendigos and Skimwalkers, and Bigfoot as well where we're hunting down Bigfoot and other things like that. If you're interested in scary games and just getting to know me better, join me on Twitch. You can find the link in the description. Now, without further ado, let's jump into these creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. I am a medium. I have done some paranormal work in the past, mostly collecting historical accounts and comparing them with my own modern investigations and impressions. I usually work with others who have similar abilities. It was only a few years ago not more than three or four, given the events of the last three or four years, it seems so much longer as if a lifetime ago. This was an incidental encounter on an Easter Sunday with an adept of mine and her cousin. They both have abilities in sensing the paranormal and bore witness to what I perceived as well. We had originally set out to find some haunted bridge my adept had heard of, though it quickly became apparent she was not sure of the location. We ended up in this small town in a county in southern Virginia, not very far south of Nottaway County, though I did not pay very close attention beyond that. Instead, I opted to let my adept lead this trek. We did stop in this small town. It's rural, but it is to be emphasized especially rural, and it's in Virginia, along a small county highway, or perhaps maybe even a state route. There was a white, well-preserved yet noticeably run-down farmhouse along the side of the highway. Its front yard, only a few feet from the porch to the road, the house was amazingly intact, though it was obvious it had not been inhabited for at least two to three generations. My impressions as a medium felt maybe 1950s was the last time this thing had been inhabited, and I always trust my gut. One could feel the vibes from this old farmhouse. The mix of several generations meshing, the family that owned it, the houses that stood here before this one, the farm, all the presences and impressions that were left of inhibitors of years past made manifest. This was an active haunting. They, whatever they were, lived here, and they were tied to this plot of land. My wards are young and brash and did not consider the rules of dealing with the paranormal. Yes, there are rules, especially for a place with such strong presence as this. There were several entities we sensed, all humans. Even though I tried to stop them, they rushed up onto the porch. This is kind of an intrusion. It's not the same as just walking up to the porch of someone you know. We were dealing with an active haunting, as would become painfully obvious all too soon. You need permission to approach the porch, 
let alone step on it. Normally this might not be so important, but this house is or was exceptional. I gave a silent pray pardon to the entities as they rushed ahead. I was furious with my adept's cousin for half inserting herself in the broken storm door and poking around. She broke the threshold. Yes, that is more than just a superstition. She really should not have done that. It was then that the attitude of the house changed to a get-out kind of vibe. Admittedly, I along with my wards rode that unwelcome out for as long as we felt able. There was a presence of a little girl flaring up with an abusive uncle or father. We felt more like uncle. I did turn this into a learning experience, asking them to focus their abilities and keen their senses. The moment we decided enough was too much, and to egress, was when much to our utter shock there was a full body apparition. This apparition was glaring at us from the rightmost upstairs window, in the bedroom. The apparition was as white as a freshly laundered sheet. I am still amazed at the detail that was visible. Never in my 30 years of experience as a medium have I ever encountered anything so vivid, so detailed. To be sure, I have seen many a shadow person, specter, shades, blurs, voids, masses. But this, this was simply incredible. You could vividly see the horn-rimmed glasses beckspeckling his somewhat elderly face. He appeared a man of his fifties or perhaps sixties. The details of his alopecia clearly vivid as well, the shape of his eyes as they glared at us from this window, from which his head stuck out of. I remember speculating that perhaps I could even see a five o'clock shadow in his face, though of this I remain unsure. He watched us with slight gestures of his head and lots of eye movement. Again, even this was clearly visible in our very short encounter. We all had the impression that this was the uncle. This is the man who abused that poor little girl who we felt the presence of. This was her room he was in. He was not supposed to be in there. He was not there for nice purposes. What the nature of the ill treatment was I can only speculate which is to say I have my theories, but with respect for the dead, I will not reveal them here. He was clear now. We were not welcome. We had to leave. I began to get the distinct impression that something bad was about to happen. Though it was an overwhelming sense of doom, I had to get out of there. Eventually, it began to turn more into a building sense of anger, as if the whole house was just wrong. It felt like it was swallowed on his command. He was quite a disturbing man. I shudder to bethink what his life was actually like. I still sometimes ponder that little girl and feel her sorrow. Though quickly here, he is right there to claim her in death just as he claims her in life, just as he claims it all. For the life of me, I cannot remember the name of the little town that we were in, and neither can my wards. It is just as well. That house, that land, is not welcoming. It is angry. The anger goes back a long time. I shall never forget that experience. It is the most vivid daylight encounter I could ever imagine. I have a couple of stories to share here, all of them involving my family's cabin in a small town in Wyoming. So, for starters, I need to put this into context. I was born and raised in South Dakota, 
and if you ever look at a map of it, you will see that it's a great beige rectangle with a singular circle of green right on the west side of the state. That is where I grew up. Now, the west side of South Dakota has some amazing sights, and it makes up for there being pretty much nothing to do here. But nothing here holds a candle to the cabin. The cabin is exactly what it sounds like, a log cabin with no running water, a well, and a creek adjacent. The only modern part about it is that it has electricity, and that was added in the 1930s. It is an hour away from my hometown, and if you die up there, there is no chance you will ever be found. So, it is my favorite place to go. It was great, and when I was stressed from high school and such, and I wanted to get away, it was exactly where I would go. And now that I am 25, it is still my favorite place to unwind after a long week. But it has its quirks. I'm going to start with the most normal of stories. Not normal because this stuff happens all the time, but because there was no paranormal, extraterrestrial, or ooga-booga stuff that I could really lay on for an explanation. I was 13 years old at my sister's birthday party. My sister and I always celebrate our birthdays up there. My dad had to leave to take my sister's friend who could not sleep over back to their home. My mom does not like to spend the night up there, so she left before sun went down. This left 13-year-old me with about 5, 10 to 11-year-old girls. In short, I was miserable. I was poking at the fire, planning on dropping some scary stories on them so that they would have nightmares when I heard a distinct rustling noise coming from the dry creek just ahead of us. I looked up from the fire and saw a figure approaching us. I told my sister to quietly get back to the cabin. She looked at me and was about to say, why? When she saw that my eyes were fixed on some sort of singular point. She followed my gaze and not long after she saw the old bearded man, wide-eyed and stumbling toward us. She screamed, prompting her friends to scream, and they all ran back to the cabin. The screaming stunned me as I was sure that this man would now proceed to kill me after he was done marching to the cabin and then would finish and then would finish off the girls. But that did not happen. Instead, he stopped and just started mumbling some incoherent nonsense. I could only make out a few words, something about deer, rope, and crick, and some sort of razor blade. Eventually, I gathered up the courage to tell him off. I let him know there were guns in the cabin, and if he did not leave, I would go get one. After I said this, I began to walk towards the cabin and eventually retreated inside of it. We told my dad when he got back what happened and he wasted no time gathering up people from the surrounding community. The old guy was caught, but not by the police. He was caught by his daughter who thanked my dad. I was not there for that part. This guy was just an incredibly old man with dementia who wandered out of his cabin and followed the road to ours, thinking it was one of the cutoffs to the creek. As for the razor blades, well, back in the 1970s, a group of rednecks got tired of city people swimming in their creek. So, one of the rope swings they attached had razor blades on it. A bunch of kids got their hands cut up, and the rednecks were never caught, and all they managed to do was get basically every rope swing cut down and banned from the area. I feel sadder than scared when I remember this. However, this is only the first story I have up there. 
Now before I go any further, I need you to realize that this place was located on a mountain. It was very remote, as I explained earlier, but definitely had something living on the land. When I was a teenager, I used to hang out there with my friends all the time. We'll call them P and S, just for anonymity's sake. So, one day, we were just sitting outside and talking about all the weird stuff that has happened out here and this road that we were on. We were just taking a walk and trying to enjoy ourselves. It just goes straight up into the woods from here. And as we were sitting there just talking, all of us got the worst feeling of dread. This was not normal. It felt like I was being watched from all sides. Just to let you know, we were still close enough to where I lived to be able to see the motion lights and everything else. That's when we noticed out of nowhere, the motion lights had turned on. At first, we thought it might just be one of the animals that live around here. Obviously, there are dogs at Rome and such like that. Or maybe it was just one of my family members going outside for a second. So, we decided to make our way back to the house. As we're making our way there, though, my friend stops me and tells me that they see something around on the corner of the house. At first, I think they're just seeing stuff because it is kind of dark out. But then, we hear a blood-curdling screech and some sort of garbled noise. It almost sounds like something is trying to yell something, but it also just sounds so inhuman. And then, that's when we noticed a deer. It was standing there looking at us with these whited out eyes. They looked clouded, is the best way I can describe it. This thing was absolutely massive though. It looked distorted, it looked wrong. It was just like all of the stories I have heard on this channel in the past. It was at that very moment, I knew I was either looking at a skinwalker or a not deer. Now the first thing I did was hold my breath and get ready to tell my friends to run as fast as they could to the front door. We were on a mountain far away from the next town, and there was nothing that could come save us if this thing got angry and decided we were its next meal. So we begin sprinting towards the door, and it looks like this thing is beelining to cut us off. But strangely, as we are about to intersect and almost run into this thing, it suddenly turns and runs the opposite way, but on two legs, and it's suddenly yelling something that I can't quite make out and decipher, but it sounds like a, a distorted radio, like when you hear a radio just malfunctioning incredibly going through station from station. That's what this thing sounded like. We could hear it bounding through the forest, going up higher into the mountain. I don't know what we experienced that night, but I'm just glad that we got away with our lives. I know for sure though, that what we encountered must have been a skinwalker and I have since dubbed that area Skinwalker Mountain. I used to live 45 minutes into the bush in a very small mountain town. In the winter, the population was between 300 and 500 people. My husband worked away two weeks at a time and was home for two weeks. And while he was gone, it was just me, my two-year-old daughter, and my pets. There were not a lot of police in the area, if any. And if you needed them, you could count on a 25 to 60 minute wait, depending on your urgency. So for this reason, when we talked about getting a dog, 
we knew we would need one that could protect the house. Therefore, we got a Rottweiler. Who knew she'd be such a baby? My Rotty has an uncommon name, and being in a small town, having a new puppy with a fat, fluffy belly and an uncommon name, people knew me more by my dog than my personality. So, I ended up making a lot of dog friends who routinely asked if they could include my dog on their hikes and plays because she was very well behaved and helped tire out her dog friends. On one such evening, a dog friend asked late in the day if he could take my zoo on a hike with him and his dog. He had a cross-eyed lab and zoo helped lead her down the path in poor lighting. It was very sweet, they loved each other and I was cool with it because she always came home tuckered out and happy. But this night, a storm came in very suddenly, and my dog friend was hiking the mountain behind his house and had to cut it short due to the sudden intense wind and rain. He called me from his house and asked if he could keep Zoo overnight. He told me they were all drenched and she was now comforting his dog. I was kind of hesitant because my husband was gone and something about the storm just felt dangerous but I also didn't want to force him outside during the storm again, and it was already dark with storm clouds and sunset, so I agreed. That night I put my daughter down and smoked a joint, watched the storm pass from my covered deck, and then went to bed. I sleep mostly naked and keep my blinds open because my bedroom is backed against my deck, which was all walled and covered and locked shut. At some point in the middle of the night, I rolled over in bed and squinted against the light shining through my window. I opened my eyes confused and dazed. Looking up, the lit string lights that hung around my window on the deck outside were now on. For a moment though, through my blurred, sleep-filled vision, I thought I saw someone. Peering in with his hands cupped around with his eyes to see in the dark room, I remember feeling exposed and realizing I was naked from the waist up, and I pulled up a blanket, but my mind malfunctioned. I told myself, Zoo would bark if someone was there, you're dreaming, and when I looked back to the window, the light was off again, and that was it. I was back asleep within seconds. The next day I woke up like normal. I went about my morning and didn't think about what had happened at all. My friend dropped off Zoo and all was fine. That is until I went outside and saw the string lights around my window lit up. My heart jolted and my stomach dropped as I remembered suddenly and intensely what I had woken up to and realized also that my assumption about the dog barking at a stranger to alert me was also wrong. See, the thing with the string light is, it's one of those cheap battery operated ones and I had the large, gorgeous set of lights strung across the length of my deck already, so I never used them. It had a three-click button, and the first click turned it on. The second click turns it off, but sets it on a timer, so it will turn off again in a few hours. The third button shut it off. It was a stupid button system, and it irritated me enough that I never really touched it. My daughter also was far too small to reach where the button was. So in order for them to be on now, someone must have touched that button. Someone who didn't know that the second push would set it to a timer instead of shutting it off entirely. But someone who didn't take anything, didn't touch any of my things, didn't even break the lock on the door to the deck, though you only had to push the top far enough to get the deadbolt out of the floor. I, I felt my heart race. 
As I ripped the batteries out of the lights and turned to inspect the deck, nothing seemed out of place, but scrapes under the door as if the deadbolt had been dragged were left. Someone had been on my deck watching me through the window as I was sleeping, and what were the chances that someone would be here the night that my dog wasn't? Had I scared them off when I rolled over to look up, maybe pulling the blanket up around me and my firmly locked back door had made them rethink their approach. But why not take anything? I had a weed jar on my deck, a Google Home sitting on the table, both exactly where they were meant to be. It's been three years, and I still do not know. I don't know if this had anything to do with my dog, but my gut tells me it does. At least, I don't live there anymore. It was 8.30pm on a Sunday night. I was getting back from a road trip with my then boyfriend. We just reached my home state and my car was almost out of gas. We were on a freeway driving through a boring stretch of my state that was mainly cornfields and little neighborhoods and the occasional store. We Google mapped a gas station that was seemingly right off the freeway. Now it was pitch black outside, it was kind of stormy all day but at the same time it was just only a bit windy with some sprinkles here and there. We pulled off an exit I've never been before. The gas station was farther than it seemed on Google Maps, and I was really getting close to completely running out of gas. We drove for about five minutes on a long stretch of road, passing a church, some houses, but mainly empty land. We get into what I guess you could call the hub of a small town, I'm not even sure if you could call it that. I see a gas station up ahead, but it wasn't the one that we had on Google Maps. I had to stop though, I had no choice because I would not have made it to the other gas station. This was a small town that had no intersection. I didn't even know the name of this place. We passed some side streets that had a little neighborhood, and we did not see a single car or person walking. Pulling up to the town portion, it was creepy. The town had old buildings, one or two streetlights in total, and just felt completely abandoned. We pulled into the gas station. It was a small gas station with four pumps. All the lights illuminating the pumps were flickering on and off. I immediately got the creeps, but I could not go any further without getting some sort of gas. I stepped out of my car, started putting in my card. It was cold. It was windy. There was a car parked right in front of the gas station like right where a car would turn in. It was rather strange. The pump ordered me to go inside to get the attendant to pay for gas. I walk inside, and there was only the attendant and a woman buying a birthday card. She was shuffling at the counter, finishing the transaction. The woman greeted me, but the attendant did not. While waiting, I suddenly hear very loud sirens like tornado sirens start going off. I start looking outside. It was a bit windy, but no gale force winds. I tried looking in the sky, but I couldn't see anything. I looked to the street, but did not see a single person or a single car. I look over to the two other people in the gas station to take direction from them of where to hide or what to do, and they had absolutely no reactions. The woman said something about how annoying it would be to live near the sirens, and the attendant agreed. She said bye to me, for some reason, and walked out. I wanted to panic because the sirens were still going off, but I did not know what it was. While finishing the transaction, I asked the attendant what it was for. 
He looked at me like I had four heads, he said. An emergency. I never would have guessed. He was eerily calm. No reaction to the quote-unquote emergency. I walked outside and got my gas and the sirens were still going off the entire time. I kept waiting to hear emergency sirens like ambulances or police, but heard nothing. I did not see a single car drive by, not a single person. It was eerie because the sirens were going off essentially right next to my car. So I logically should have seen some sort of emergency vehicle or something, but I didn't. I got in my car and my boyfriend asked what it was. I just said nothing and sped off towards the freeway. I could not place why it was so eerie, but I haven't been able to get the eeriness out of my head ever since this encounter. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. I am always looking for new creepy stories to share. If you enjoyed tonight's episode, please be sure to give this a like. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please be sure to give this a 5-star rating over there as it helps us out a ton. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day on all things natural and supernatural. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but would like to download your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you would like to support the Swamp outside of that, maybe check out our merch store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. I'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite tonight. I know, they're hard to pick from, but when you guys let me know which ones you like, it helps me pick better ones in the future. I recently started streaming on Twitch, so don't forget to join me over there. You can find the links to do so in the description. Also, join me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.